Disclaimer, on this episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show, there will be some rough audio quality due to us recording live at the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo, but it's still an enjoyable episode. We appreciate you sticking with us through that one. Live from the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo, it's the Back Row Fantasy Show going on now. Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker and Aaron Arms. Hey everybody, welcome to a live episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. I am barking to my arms, is, to my left is arms. Good morning. And to my right is Neil. Good afternoon. How's everybody doing? We're at the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio. Really good turnout put on by Bob Lone. We appreciate him having us here this morning and afternoon, and we're looking forward to seeing anyone else that may come by in the next couple hours. But first off, how's everybody enjoying the expo? I know I won't get any answers from the crowd, but arms? Uh, met a lot of great people today. Uh, been really enjoyable, uh, you know, putting some some faces and handshakes with right. the names that I've met on Twitter, and uh, you know, meeting some fans. You know, we've got a few people signed up for our uh, our podcast setup giveaway, and we'll be uh, drawing that here in a little bit. And and yeah. uh, looking forward to it. If, if people here didn't know, people that are at booths and walking around, if you are interested in starting your own podcast or even just getting into audio recording at all. We are going to give away a two-man podcasting setup at the Back Row Fantasy Show booth. So if that is something that interests you, swing by after the show and ask about that. So, Barker, I know there's some big injury news in the uh, the fantasy world today. You got anything you'd want to cover? Well, Cedric Benson has passed away. Yeah, I know. I hate to hear that. That's more than the default injury. It's almost racing Dermot James's yeah, possible I mean, season-ending in, injury. Uh, yes, obviously, Neil. Thank you very much for that value win. But yes, death is worse than a, a you know high ankle sprain. I understand. Yeah, Cedric Benson deserves first mention here. All right, yeah. um, but recently, Avery Williamson goes on the IR. Absolutely. I mean, he, he's going to be out. Absolutely. Um, any any other ones you guys are immediately concerned about? I know Derwin uh, Derwin James. He's looking like he may miss the season as well. At, at least the first quarter of it at a minimum. They said three to they said three to uh, three to four months. Now they actually said a season almost on on my fantasy league. That, it, that's a big blow in IDP leagues. Oh, incredibly disappointing for a guy that very realistically had a shot to finish as safety one one at the end of the year. Absolutely. So, uh, but speaking of safeties that finished in the top ten last season, Trey Boston finally comes off the street and goes to the Carolina Panthers. Is that? Fantasy relevance arms, do, is there any there or is it too late? You know, I feel like it has more relevance. Um, oh, thank you for doing that. It's not mine. That's not yours? Okay. Um, anyhow, I feel like it has more relevance for, like, Eric Reed, you know, and the impact on him that it's really going to have for Trey Boston. I mean, Trey Boston, it, there were several times last year he was, he was in the top five of, you know, all defensive backs. I, I feel like he can do it again. But with the same team, I mean, you have Arizona Cardinals finishing in the top like five and ten everywhere last season. So I don't know, different team, new scheme. I'm not sure if I'm a fire up in the trade Boston chairs. Oh man, I'm I'm not afraid to trade Boston. Uh, talent shines. It, 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 it shocks me that it's taking him this long to latch on anywhere. So anyhow, this is not working out. The feedback's killing me. You, you think we've got it? We're getting feedback, so. I think it is better. Nope, I can hear it. Uh, for our at-home listeners, um, obviously we're, we're recording live, just getting a little bit of feedback, trying to get it corrected. So. Okay, Let, let's dive in to what we initially wanted to dive into. We're going to bring some paint to the Fantasy Football <laughs> Expo. Guys to stay away from at the current ADP. I've got a lot. Uh, I've got a, uh, a little over a handful, I guess. It's, a, it's, it's not as deep as I thought it would be. Like, I, I, had a struggle, I had a struggle to get 10. 
Oh, I don't have 10, I don't oh, think. I, did, I didn't number them, but I can tell you right now, there are guys, and you know, whenever we say to stay away from, we're just saying at the ADP, if the guy falls to you, his value's there, obviously do what you need to do. You know, you want to make the best overall team. But we're going to give you a little bit of reasoning behind uh, our thought process on these guys. Right, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it right off. Uh, a guy that I've seen going way too early in drafts, I understand that he's the top option, but Julian Edelman uh, of the New England Patriots, I get it. He finishes year in, year out in the top 20. Tom Brady has eyes for Julian Edelman, but some things I'm worried about. Peak age for a wide receiver, the average is 27 years old. Very few wide receivers get anywhere near their peak starting at age 33. Julian Edelman's 33 this season. So if, if you want to look at stats historically, age, Julian Edelman could possibly be a big letdown. And he's a guy that I'm not drafting unless he falls to me. So um, I don't, uh, where is his ADP? Do you have it written down? Right now, currently, it's about the sixth round. The sixth round. See, I don't hate that spot for Julian Edelman. I mean, he's a PPR monster. All the dude does... Yeah, but all he does is catch a ton of balls. Now, yeah, obviously, if there's a younger, comparable replacement... That's what it comes down to. It's like, how hit is the wide receiving core by the time that pick comes around? Yeah, I mean, if you went aggressively, like running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end... Julian Edelman is a fine pick in the sixth round. I'm sorry. I mean, if you're not playing IDP especially. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not hating it regardless, but it all, like I said, it all depends on who's there. And, you know, his game is not really a high-impact sort of game. I mean, he's. I, I still feel like he's got two or three years left to where he can still be very productive. You keep expecting a decline out of Julian Edelman, and, just, and it just same, doesn't same with Brady. happen. I mean, he's going to say they're Brady. Exactly. So. They're, ta- they're taking there. the same PEDs. The last guy that had a relevant, well, a top 10 fantasy season at 33 was Jerry Rice. So, I mean, there's not a lot of guys producing at that age. Is Julian Edelman, Jerry Rice, like? You're telling me that Fitz didn't do it one time after 33? I think 33 was his low season. Okay, but so 34, he produces, <laughs> yeah. you know, a top 10. You know what I mean? Come on. Like, like age isn't that big of, an, of a factor in Edelman's game specifically. Now, if he loses a step... Absolutely. It's not that speeds his game, but that, that quick twitch and uh, route running, yeah, that, that's going to be a big impact on Edelman. Who was a guy that you have? I don't want to focus too much on the Patriots because I am a Miami fan. So. Well, a guy I love to hate right now is Amari Cooper. And more than anything, it's just the price. Listen, uh, you look at his his statistics last year. He's a little over 1,000 yards. I think he had seven touchdowns. Five of those touchdowns were in two games, though. Okay. Yeah, one game was insane. Yeah. So he had four four games all year, four total games over 80 yards. You're telling me that this is the 14th wide receiver off the board? I don't think so. There's still going to be players available like Big Mike Williams, Curtis Samuel, Calvin, Rid- yeah, Calvin Ridley, all available far later than what you got to pay for Amari Cooper. I'm I would have had Ridley over him. Oh, absolutely. Give me Ridley all day. Give me Ridley over a lot of people. <laughs> it's all right. just a matter of value. I mean, you want to spend that kind of draft capital on a guy like Amari Cooper. Or do you want to wait a few rounds and grab a guy with the massive upside of Calvin Ridley? And that offense is going to be ticking on all cylinders if Devontae Freeman's going to stay healthy. And I know there's a big argument about how, you know, oh, well, Amari Cooper, you know, he had such a great year after he went to the Cowboys. Okay, that's fine. Um, last year in total, he had five games over, or excuse me, inside the top 25. Five. His, there's a lot of games outside the top 75 but he had five inside top 25. And out of those five games, I think three of them were about 20, 21st, 22nd, something in that range. Now, he had two games where he was the number one fantasy receiver. But in totality, his average finish is far below 25th. That, that doesn't warrant the uh, wide receiver 14 for me. Yeah, we, we've got a, a guy that has switched teams, has produced in a similar <laughs> fashion, and for some reason, all of a sudden, everybody's viewing him as a wide receiver one. Correct. I mean, you're going to pay wide receiver one for a guy who literally in two years, by the way, he was healthy with the Raiders the uh, previous year. He only had two games of, uh, of over 80 yards. I mean, he's just inconsistent. His high points are spectacular. His lows are god-awful. Yeah, they absolutely are. Moving on, Neil, what, do you have any? Well, my main one is um, Damian Williams. 
he's still being drafted way too high in my opinion, especially with Carl, Carlos Hyde being there. He ain't that great, obviously, but Darwin, Darwin Thompson's on the up on the uptick, and he very well may end up being the number one guy there. You know, uh, man. Yes and no. So Carlos Hyde, you can make the argument he's garbage, but like through week three or four last year, he was leading the league in rushing. Like, Hyde is not terrible. And as Barker talked about on the way up here, there's a pretty good chance that it's just the Chiefs' offense. You know what I mean? Whoever is carrying the rock yeah. for the Chiefs is going to be productive, yeah. whether it's Hyde, whether it's Williams, whether it's Thompson. I mean, oh, it doesn't oh, really oh, matter. Oh, just any waste point. management truck back here. You know I mean, any, any trash can yeah, come in absolutely. there and drive and go. Case in point, back you up, you got Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson, Jamal Charles, Spencer Ware, Kareem Hunt, just anybody the Chiefs put back there produces. I'm not trying to take anything away from Kareem Hunt talent-wise, but you put a guy in a Chiefs uniform at running back, typically he's going to produce. It's st- statistics and history kind of bear yeah. out the, those facts. I mean, <laughs> history it, definitely and I know does. that the, the year, I mean, over the years, uh, offenses have changed. You know, it's not always been, you know, the same guys there. The system hasn't always been the same, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's over and over again. That there's production in somehow in Kansas City. Another guy I got is Dalvin Cook. Now I don't I don't have an issue with Dalvin Cook as a player. I have an issue with the ADP. Like we still haven't seen him produce at a high level for a full season, and all of a sudden this guy is back into the top five rounds of fantasy drafts. I understand running back thins out after the first two rounds, but Dalvin Cook is a player that at his current ADP I'm staying away from. Uh, a guy like Latavius Murray produced while he was on the same team as a healthy Dalvin Cook. I expect Alexander Madison to do the same. So Dalvin Cook at that price could be nothing more than the 60-40 guy in the committee. I'm not paying the top five-round pick for that. Yeah, I mean, if you're in ADP or excuse me, an IDP league in that fifth round rather than a Dalvin Cook, I mean, man, I don't know. I probably would go Dalvin Cook over, you know, a Leighton Vander Esch. He's better at handcuffs if you do. But yeah, that's the downside is you got to not too far away from there. You got to try to find his handcuff, and that's what's sad. I mean, I always hate picking a guy that you got to handcuff almost immediately. No, in the top five rounds, you do not want to take a guy to handcuff. And they have it right now in the ADP. He's above Mixon. I'd rather have Mixon. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he's above Mixon right here. That is granted. Cincinnati's line's not the best, but Mixon. You don't Mixon led the AFC in rushing last year, like, and and they addressed offensive line in the offseason. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's unbelievable. Dalvin Cooks somehow above him in ADP. Yeah, give me Joe Mixon all day. Yeah, every day, twice on Sundays. <laughs> so uh, my next guy is going to be Mark Ingram. Um, right now he's the 21st running back coming off the board. Yeah, he's a thousand-ish yard back with full full workload, so to speak. Okay. Um, but here's the thing. Those two seasons that he's produced around 1,000 yards, he's he was in an elite offense with a Hall of Fame quarterback, an absolute superstar wide receiver, keep the pressure off of him. Now he's going to, we'll just say, a, a questionable offense with a lot of question marks and youth at wide receiver with a quarterback who, although I believe he can uh, – I believe Jackson can progress – but he still hasn't. He hasn't done anything yet. So, man, it really kills me to, to say this, but like, hold back your on your uh, Mark Ingram love at this point. There's there's guys you can wait on a little bit later that have, to me, a um, stronger possibility of a return on investment. Like Darius Geis, yeah, R- Rashad Penny, Miles Sanders. Yeah, Chris Carson after him right here. Yeah, Lamar uh, Lamar Miller even. You know what I mean? There's there's guys out there far later in the draft than RB21 that I think have just to get a shot and you can, you know, get maybe a, a, another star uh, receiver, a really good tight end where you're picking up uh, Mark Ingram at. So yeah. I'm passing on some Ingram shares. I even saw a Ravens beat website, kind of like a, one of the top Ravens websites out there, even predicting Justice Hill would leave the, the team in rushing. Yeah. Well, I don't agree with that. Like, I think Mark Ingram, as long as he's healthy, will leave the team can he possibly get with Lamar Jackson being a running back, a running quarterback in Justice You Hill. had it right the first time. Uh, <laughs> you had it right the first time. Running back. Yeah. Running Lamar back. Jackson being running back that can throw. But, but in Justice Hill, 
getting those passing down opportunities, I assume, and also getting at least a quarter of the lion's share. And once they see what Justice Hill can do, could spell trouble for Mark Ingram. I mean, just look at it like it, whenever they're running the RPO, who are they going to run that RPO through? It's Lamar Jackson and Justice Hill. And I mean, quite frankly, we, you know, you hate to, I know it's one of Neil's favorite terms. Mark Ingram's a one trick pony. Like, he's just a bruiser, and he's effective at it. He's great at it. But outside yeah. of one season, I don't think he's ever broke 10 touchdowns. I think mean, one season of tw- uh, 12, and that's it. And, and most leagues are PPR. I mean, PPR is kind of taking over as the standard format. As it should. Mark Ingram just doesn't belong as a top half of the draft. Yeah. If you're not doing PPR, you got to be like the, you know, the, 100, the 100 plus yards and a couple touchdown leagues. I guess the way I look at Mark Ingram is you either address running back earlier or just wait on somebody else. Right. How about I'll, uh, I'll stray away from running backs on the next one. I'm gonna. What about Neil? You just going to bail on Neil here? Jesus Christ, Neil! The one guy I'll mention that will, will be Gurley. He's right now at ADP eight. Eight overall? Yeah. Well, as far as running back, well, okay. Yeah. It probably is eight overall still. Probably. Yeah. But I would, I'm not very, yeah, I'm very not, I'm not very high on him currently. I want to say what his actual ADP is. You're fine. I mean, while you're, while you're looking for it, he's 15. He's 15. Uh, yes, I can eat things like with him. Like I said, he once again, and you can wait for a mix, and he's ADP 20. But then it kind of dips off. So he might have to snag him there. But I'm still, I'm still not that high on him where I want to take him as far as the ADP goes. So let me give you some pushback on this. I understand that there's question marks about his knees. I, I entirely get that. But the last time there was question marks about uh, Todd Gurley's health, what did he do? He, he was the number one overall fantasy asset the following year. Listen, I, I, all I'm saying is you can't just think that you're, that Todd Gurley's a third or fourth round pick. He no. is easily a back-end first-rounder or a high second-rounder. That's You can't just let the guy go. I mean, his upside is astronomical. I mean, if he's getting, you know, you don't know if Todd Gurley's going to get stem cell therapy on his knees or anything like that. That stuff works now. I mean, they've got kind of almost like a reverse aging thing, you know what I mean, to where they're going in and doing the right type of therapies to help reverse these problems. You just don't give up entirely on Todd Gurley. Now, be cautious. He's not a top three pick. But man, to let to try to think this guy's going to fall into the late seconds, ludicrous. No, I can agree with that. But as far as top eight, if we're talking dynasty, if it's redraft, I have zero issues taking Tom Gurley seventh or eighth. No issues whatsoever. But dynasty, I do. Dynasty, I'm waiting until he falls to the top round two, mid round two, or else I'm going to pass him all together. Gotcha. Getting ready to talk about. I thought Neil was going to take longer than that. But Mike Gusecki, time to move on. If, if you aren't able to seize the job in camp over the weak list of names tied in for Miami, you should probably sell and get what you can now before it's too late and you got nothing. And I'm saying this fully understanding that third-year breakouts do happen for tight ends, but I, I have very little faith in Mike Gusecki. I'm moving on from him. God, I just want to see the dude like consistently playing a game and get some targets. Yeah, it'd be nice because he's a, he a stud in college. I'd, I, I want to see it again. Like I, I, I want to disagree with you, but it's so hard to when he's done literally nothing in the league. That's that's it's disappointing because we were all. I mean, I know uh, me, you, and Niddle were all really yeah, high on him too. Like, it's, it's the same. Yeah. Between between yeah. him and Hurst, so like who's the, who's the bigger you know, letdown? Well, yeah. maybe he's just an athlete. But Mike Gusecki didn't come into the year into the league as just an athlete. He was a top tight end prospect before the combine. The combine vaulted him up with the crazy show that he put on. Yeah. So I, I do hate hearing that. Oh well, Mike Gusecki's just an athlete. No, he was a football player. Before he went to Miami, maybe Miami ruined him. I don't know, but I'm, I'm hands off. Odds are Miami ruined him. Very good chance Miami ruined him. Just saying, they do that to a lot of players. Miami does that to a lot of players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Who we got? Um, next up for me is going to be Derrick Henry. Oh. Derrick Henry, 80, overall ADP of 39, running back number 19 off the board. Listen. Four games last year, 
four of over 60 yards. Four of his touchdowns, of his 12 touchdowns, were in one game, okay, against a just completely downtrodden Jaguars defense that had already given up. Like, they had no motivation. The Jaguars did not care at, towards the end of the season. The Giants were the, the – so it went right in a row, four games in a row. The Giants, he got over 60 yards. The Skins, he got over 60 yards. And the Colts, wow, what a murderer's row that was. I mean, it, so. I mean, literally, we're looking at 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns, but the vast majority of it is in the last four games. Which, didn't we call Derrick Henry stat line Damn last near year? identical. Yes, yes, I, I, I can't believe that one worked out that well. So, are you going to bash on me on Henry? I, 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 for my only pushback with that is that it's his contract year, and they're going to run the guts out of him. That's, my, that's one reason why I think his production is going to be you know, points wise similar, but I don't want it to be sporadic like it was in just two games. Yeah, so he, that, that's the downside, right? With him, same thing with Murray Cooper, same thing with. Austin Hooper that I always complain about like it, you can have great production but if it's your end of the season stats are basically reflective of a four game performance you're not really that good you just had some big games he's going he's gonna to perform well in a game you don't need him it, exactly <laughs> I, I mean seriously all jokes aside whenever he had his monstrous game against Jaguar four touchdowns it was like something stupid like 268 yards who's starting him nobody no Nobody was starting him. You were starting him if you had an injury the previous week. That's the only reason you were starting him. The only, the only pushback I'll give on that is I would like to think that Derrick Henry had a slow start to the season. They went away from him a little bit, gave Deion Lewis a little more of the share, and then realized later on in the season, let's go back to Derrick Henry. We're not in a position where we're going to do a lot right now. Derrick Henry gets reinserted with more carries. Take some. Did they make playoffs? Dang, dang near. Uh, I think they. I feel like they made him. So I do have hope for Henry. I'm not down on him. Oh man, I just. Uh, I. I can't. I just don't want someone who's that inconsistent on my team. I, uh, that's. That's the biggest thing for me. Another guy I've got, AJ Green, and I'm. I'm going to eat crow for even adding him to this list because I did draft him in a redraft league yesterday that I joined uh, the Dynasty Rewind League. Michael Bauer. Good podcast, check it out. But AJ Green in the current fifth round, I'm a little worried. He hasn't exactly stayed healthy lately. Tyler Boyd has emerged. So AJ Green is a guy that, while I feel could still be a great pick for you in fantasy drafts, I think round five at his current ADP, which is early round five, is a little too high. That being said, I did draft him late round five, but it's what the draft gave me. And sometimes you got to take what the draft gives you. Well, AJ Green on my team, even though he's on my guys to avoid at the current ADP. Yeah, and I and I can understand that. And what what we're saying is, it's based on the value. If the if the value falls to you, we're not. I mean, every player has a spot on your team, but the value's there, except for Austin Hooper. Yeah, that, that's one thing I was getting ready to say too. No matter if we're down on some of these guys or not, while I don't believe that Sony Michelle is a is a smart pick at his current ADP. He falls around or two, give him two. I mean, he is the guy. Absolutely. No matter how much I dislike a player, I will still take them if the value is there later and they fell a couple rounds off their ADP. A lot of A.J. Green's boost right now is a, is a new offense, and people have high hopes in that, which I do too. And again, the Dolan might not have a job much longer either. I was going to say, you do know who the quarterback is, right? Ryan Finley. I'm, I'm, exactly. Should so be. Maybe soon. Yeah, Ryan Finley kid. There was a redhead guy there for a minute. Me? No. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. But now it's Ryan Finley, I think, right? All right. Neil, do you have one, or is it on me? John Kitna. I love some Kitna. Who doesn't love Do you have a cannon? I think at least Barker and I agree we both have four net on our list. Yeah. Way too much risk on him. There is. And that's another guy. Like, I'll draft four net if he falls to the right spot, but he never falls to the right spot. Ever. Somebody in every damn draft loves Leonard Fournette, and I've never seen anything like it. It's like he's going to be a stud. Yeah, he looked like a stud coming out of college. I 100% agree, but he's not. Like he's very capable. We just always banged up. But he doesn't seem to have a desire to stay on the field. Well, well, I got. I've said this on the show before, but when he came into the league as a rookie, I got some info that I feel pretty strongly about the fact that 
through the grapevine. Yeah, yeah, you got an insider. Huh? You got an insider. We know. Supposedly, uh, the doctor that dealt with his injury, his ankle injury in college, said it will never be the same. Is this true or not? I have no proof, but I believe it. So, and then I believe that Leonard Fournette is never going to be 100% over that ankle injury that's already cost him multiple games in the last couple of years. I hate to, you know, continue to nod along with you guys, but I'm, I've been down on Fournette basically since day one. Well, you have a similar injury, right? Like you had, is your injury from? I, your I tore my, ACL, yeah, ACL, LCL, PCL, stretch my perineal nerve. Mine's worse. Mine, mine's far worse than what worse, happened worse, to him. But you can relate that. Yeah, know, no. Ankle or calf, you're in trouble. Yeah, no, it, it can get bad. So um, my next stray away guy is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Um, quite possibly the most overvalued fantasy football quarterback of all time. <laughs> I mean, people have taken him in round his, one for years. His ADP no, is fifty-two. Listen, I don't hate taking Aaron Rodgers in like the third or fourth round. I don't think it's the worst decision on the planet. But let me tell you something. Drew Brees is 50 picks later. Kirk Cousins had almost an identical points per game. I love me Kirk Cousins too. You know what Kirk Cousins' ADP is? 131. So you're telling me that I could fill out my roster and then just wait on Kirk Cousins? The, by the way, the 10th overall fantasy football quarterback last year? I yeah. can wait on him for 80 more picks. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. I mean, your, your roster's filled out by the time you get there, basically, and you didn't waste your, you know, a late third round or early fourth round on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'm going to give you a little pushback on that. Like, Aaron Rodgers is a guy that hates on his coaches, and I appreciate that rise against authority myself. Um, that is the worst rebuttal logic I've ever heard. Anarchy Aaron Rodgers, anarchy. Anarchy Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Still overvalued. Always has been. It's ridiculous. I can't I can't count times whenever someone's like, hey man, give me some advice on fantasy football. I'm like, alright, great. Wait on a quarterback. Number one. Yeah, unless you're taking like Patty Mahomes like we mentioned earlier. Was, yeah, but still he, not a great choice in, in round one of my I mean, at the end of round one, I, you're, you're fighting history thinking that Patrick Mahomes is going to repeat what he did. I think he can. I do but want the to fact say is that. Like, there some quarterbacks, he's, he's scored over 50 points more. That's, that's, <laughs> that could be the equivalent of two players. I get that. But what if he doesn't? What if he does what every quarterback and who's ever – Hold on a second. What Kenner if he does what like every bones. quarterback who's ever thrown for over 50 Trash touchdowns has done? Yeah. And it regresses by 15 touchdowns. He's just a slightly above average guy. He's going to be slinging the ball. That's just my point. It's like – uh, if he regresses by 15 oh, touchdowns, that's 35, and he becomes a slightly above average quarterback. I don't, I don't know about that. I want the, the stats I, do. I, was, no, I, I don't know about him. I understand what Ken though. That's pretty big. But history says game. it happens. Every time a quarterback's thrown for over 50, they drop by 15 touchdowns the following year. Somebody's going to break the mold. Okay. Everything's just cut and dry every year. I, I get it, but you're also just fighting against history. History and, 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 and listen, I, I hope it's wrong. I hope it's wrong because I love Patrick Mahomes and I think he's an absolute game changer in the league. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not going to bet bet against okay. history not repeating itself again. Well, history also didn't have quarterbacks slinging the ball at the same rate we have in 2019. I mean, it, passing is the, the money in NFL, so I think Patty Mahomes, while, while he could regress, it'd be more to like 40 touchdowns. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Neil, who you got next, bub? We mentioned him briefly, but um, Sonny Michelle is mine. He's being drafted. And you're a Patriots fan. I love the Pats. But, yeah, but there's like 45 running backs on that team. From each week to week, it's somebody different. 45. I think I'm even on a roster at one point. I'm I'm there. I'm available. (laughs) They still have Corey Dillon. Hey, Corey Dillon's there. You can deal on the goal line. Big Coates come back and rushing the ball. I mean, they have like 40 guys there. And I can't, tr- I can't trust that this guy as high as he's going. Like, I'm not going to take this guy thinking he's going to get, you know, decent 10 plus points a week. It's not going to happen. I God, I it's wanted It's like James White all hate there anymore. I mean, who's that guy? I don't know him. Do I really want to say anything? Is Brent Bolton there too? Is he coming back? You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, yeah, everybody's there. So many guys that can score points. Neil Crabtree, Goldwine's best. Yeah, boys, I'm there. Yeah, I, I'm, on, I'm on board with you. I mean, certainly, Michelle, again, if, if he falls a certain amount down in drafts, sure, give him to me. But at the current ADP, it's too risky. I mean, he's, he's too young to have any issues. 
those aren't going to get any better. We're talking dynasty mostly. I mean, if, if, you're, if we're talking redraft, sure, I guess. But in dynasty, I'm staying away from Sony Michelle at the price. Again, if I'm in a league with, you know, 11 other me's, I'm going to take him at some point. Yeah, because he's, he's going to fall to the 16th round. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to piggyback on to the um, guy ship. It's the same situation. Guys is being drafted where he shouldn't be. There's Thompson, Peterson, whoever else is there. OJ Simpson might be there. I don't know. But they got everybody <laughs> there. I'm saying, but they got so many people on a team. I just can't you trust them. Right? I yeah, was. But you just can't trust it. I can't trust the situation where there's so many running backs in the, in the stables. The cream rises, my friend. The cream yeah. rises. And Darius Geis is the cream of that crop. But will it be this year? At some point, absolutely. Year. There's no doubt in my mind. I, I, I hope that this isn't like another uh, Marcus Latimer situation, though. I mean, Jay breaks my heart. Bars in row one over here. You ran for the Redskins a couple times, right? <laughs> Just a few well, goal line like carries. Two carries once. I'm pretty sure you got two carries in the game once. <laughs> Yeah, I knew it. All right. Are you on one or is it on me? Well, Nikhil Harry. Uh, we're going to stay on Pats right now. So why are you guys Harry, hating the Patriots? I hate the Patriots with my hot passion, but when, why are you hating the Patriots looking, so hard right now? When you're looking for fantasy production from the <laughs> Patriots, you, you better just be grabbing a quarterback and a slot receiver. And historically anything, a tight end, but not anymore. Well, not anymore. Anything outside of that, you're, you're playing the risky game. Jacoby Myers has outplayed Nikhil Harry so far in camp and preseason. Josh Gordon's back. Josh Gordon is back. Nikhil Harry, well, he's a nice prospect long term. I would not bank on him to even start on my fantasy team in 2019. Not one time. You can grab guys like D.D. Westbrook late, Marquez Valdez Scantling late, later. I won't say late, but middle of, middle of the pack. You can grab D.D. MVS. Uh, Sutton, I had MVS once. Tragically underdrafted right now. Like I just picked him up in the mock draft at the expo next to last round that mock. I think it was round nine. I could have waited around. Honestly, nobody was taking him. But guys like that, you can get leave to kill Harry for someone else to worry about. Man, so far, I. I will tell you, I don't think anyone pounded the table harder for Nikhil Harry as being an absolute stud. But a lot of that came from the dual role that he was filling. You know, replacing Gronk as the red zone threat while also being the, you know, the heir apparent to what with Josh Gordon being gone. I don't think anybody in this room thought Josh Gordon was getting reinstated. If he was, a, I'm telling you right now, if Josh Gordon was a Brown, he would not have got reinstated. Zero chance. If he was a Brown, he wouldn't have been reinstated. What? I almost feel the opposite. The fact that he is a Pat is a a negative. Josh Gordon would not have been reinstated from another drug issue if he was a Cleveland Brown. Your convictions sound deep on that. I 100% believe it. Baker Mayfield can bring anybody. It's not. <laughs> I'm hoping he, I'm hoping he comes yeah, to my house and I, brings I'm, my grandma back. I'm telling you, man, it's 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 ridiculous. Come on, get up. Feel dangerous. It, it, it's just it's ridiculous. And the Patriots get everything. It feels like. Um, so Give me a non-Patriot yeah, thing. but anyhow, back to Nikhil Harry. All my love was because I felt like he was going to take over kind of two separate roles in that offense. And with Josh Gordon coming back, eh, he loses one of them, or at least uh, a lion's share of one of them. Even if it's half, it's enough to knock him down a few pegs. So uh, that that should kill his IDP, or ADP. Excuse me. So um, this is one of my favorite players to bash on. Cam Newton. Cam Newton going at qu- quarterback number nine. We got one Cam Newton fan. All right, Jay, Mike, how many seasons has Cam Newton passed for over 25 touchdowns? He runs. How many times has he finished in the top five QB? Ooh. A small handful? <laughs> like three? Because he's the goal line back. Okay. Cam Newton's a great grab. Okay, that's, the, that, that's great. That's great, but he that's has great. basically the exact same – uh, points per game as Kirk Cousins. Give me Josh Allen instead of Cam Newton. You know, he's 50 <laughs> picks ahead of Kirk Cousins. Why take Cam when you can have a guy like that later? I'm just a big proponent. It's more about the ADP of 84, that particular spot, than it is him being quarterback nine. Did you try to get a selfie with Cam Newton and he turned you down? Absolutely. Is that what's going on? No. Nah. <laughs> You've been hating on Cam Newton. Listen, Cam Newton dresses like a strong, independent woman. Mommy ain't knocking against Cam. He goes to ADP spots for the sheer fact that if he's if he's being trash on my team, 
then I'd see him at the post-game interviews crying like a baby. I hate that. I can't stand it. I lost so much respect for him whenever he did not dive after that ball in the Super Bowl. Let me tell you, I was Andre, done. Andre 3000 was dressing like that well before Cam did. Well, saying. listen. And Brady's done it too, he, but he's he winning games. out of my grandmama's closet. Yeah, Tom Brady's got the, the slimmest looking pea coat I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. But, uh, but no, seriously, it's a one point per game gap versus Cousins. Why spend the why spend fifty picks higher? That, no, that's I'm, my I'm thought not, on it. I, I'm not. I'm with you, but I don't. I don't hate on Cam. Not to mention. But if let me let me ask you this: with the emergence of uh, Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, hold on, Ian Thomas, hold. I think his offense looks good this year. Okay, we add in Elijah Holyfield, who actually has some goal line capability. Okay, so there is a good chance that he doesn't have the rushing touchdowns that he had before. Like, that's steadily declining. If I'm not mistaken, I was looking it up earlier today. I think he's only had one season over 10 rushing touchdowns anyway. Which, seven? That's terrible. Seven, only 10 I, no, touchdowns. No, no, no. That's <laughs> awful. I don't want that production. <laughs> okay, listen to yeah, me. 10 plus 23 is 30, 33. I mean, that's, that's a good season, <laughs> yeah. but it's not great. You know what I mean? It's 23 or 33 total touchdowns for a quarterback. Not spectacular. Oh, he doesn't rush for 1,000 yards. He rushes for 250 yards. You know what I mean? He's, he's a capable, he's a stellar athlete. I just feel like his rushing touchdowns are going to go down, and unless his passing touchdowns skyrocket up, his value just gets tanked. New, new theory. Some kid named Cam in fourth grade took arms as PB&J sandwich, took it out of his lunchbox, threw it on the ground, and stomped on it. I was There's a humongous no child. That, that would never have happened. No other explanation for this kind of hate. None. A humongous child. That, no chance someone takes my PB&J. All right. All right, who else you got, Neil? I, I'm going to get you off this hate train. Neil, who you got? My next guy is um, TJ Hawkinson. You hate him? No, I love him. But okay. the fact, his ADP is really high right now, and he just lost a job to Jesse James. He didn't lose. The he, as right now, he's lost. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. probably lost a job to Jesse James. Yeah, but is he the number two tight end? You know what I mean? He's he's, uh, he's slated to be the number two on the depth chart. That's but are they going to run two tight end sets, is I guess is what I'm asking. Depth chart fake news. Yeah. I, mean, I hope it's wrong, because right now I had T.J. Hawkinson as my starting tight end in the, in the league. That's sad. That's and I had to go get Jesse James because I was so hurt. What would you give for the outlaw? I gave two fours. You got robbed. Sadly. Yeah, but the tight end <laughs> landscape's so awful, I had to get somebody. That's awful. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not adding to this because T.J. Hawkinson is, is the, the, the great hope. Yeah, we all, we all like him, but his ADP is high right now for something that's uncertain. I agree. I think it's certain. There's no way Jesse James is starting to Do you hate anyone else, Berker? Uh, a lot of people. Devontae God. Freeman is a guy. You're so violent. That I, hey, can't, you can't hate on a guy like Cam. He's a, he's a producer. Yeah, something, something like that. Devontae was a producer once or twice. Hasn't really been that great in a couple of years, and somehow he snuck right back in to the top seven rounds of ADP relevance, and, and I'm not buying it. They say he's, he's in the best shape of his life. He's running more violent. I don't want to hear that Devontae Freeman is running more violently. That's not what I want to hear. That means Devontae Freeman's going to go down sooner than he did last year. Stay, I'm staying away from Freeman. I think the passing game is going to be on fire in Atlanta. Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, your buddy Austin Hooper. No no Freeman for me. Not my friend. It's a stay away. Like I said, if he falls a couple rounds further, sure, I'll think about picking him up there. But I don't trust Devontae Freeman anymore. So this would be the... Uh, first off, A, I'm getting a starting running back in the seventh round. Thank you. I'll accept that. All right. B, this is the first time that he's not really had anyone questioning his uh, stor- starting authority. There's always uh, there's always Tevin Coleman there taking a little bit away from him. That's not the case anymore. This is Devontae Freeman's show. I feel like he increases a little bit more in the passing game this year. Now, do I think he's going to be like, you know, Running back five, no. But a seventh-round draft pick for a starting running back that's going to get you probably 13, 14, you know, combined, 13, 1,400 combined yards, absolutely. Take it all day. I think the dude's a bum. I, I, just, <laughs> I, 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 I think your takes are a bum, Neil. <laughs> a lot of things I like are, are trash, and I'm a bum as well. But, like, I just don't trust him. It's like, you were uh, pretty good when you ran the ball. Always. <laughs> I was definitely underrated. I picked you up on my team. <laughs> But I see, the, I see a lot of ball slinging there, and I, I just don't see him being involved that much. And plus, I don't trust him. I don't think he's that good. He's good when he's on the field. But, I mean, 
that, that's the question. When he's overfielding. There's my, the only question I think you can, or you're allowed to logically have against Freeman. Can he stay healthy? That's the only question that I'll, you know, the only question mark I'll accept about it, him. They need this good, this fight work done to throw him back in there. I trust him right now more. <laughs> He's, he's got to be like 42. And building houses still for the communities. Oh, wonderful human. Oh, yeah. What, what's what's kid from Nebraska that's in prison? Can they get Lance Phillips to run the ball? Yeah. The Lawrence Phillips. Lawrence Phillips. Phillips. Yeah, Lawrence Lance Phillips. Phillips is an MMA fighter from her hometown. <laughs> he, he proved he could run people over. You know? <laughs> wow, that's... God, you're, you're such he's a, proven to run people over. I mean, that's kind of guy you You're want. such a horrible person. <laughs> All right. Did you just say another one, or did I have... No, oh, Devontae Freeman. No, no, no. I got no. one that will surprise you. Okay, surprise me. Tyler Lockett. And by surprise, I mean I've said it on every single friggin' show. Quit drafting Tyler Lockett in the top five rounds. Or at all. No, no, or you can all. draft him at all. Yeah, like the 12th, where, 15th wherever round? Wherever your next man up that catches 60 balls for 800 yards and five touchdowns, that's where Tyler Lockett should fall. He had a fluke of the season last year and it wasn't even that great. It wasn't like he put up 1,210 and 75 receptions. Let me it ask you. Barely at a thousand. Let me, let me ask you. Tyler Lockett or Allen Robinson? Allen Robinson. Okay. No. And I don't okay. like Allen Robinson. Okay. No. You know, you know Lawrence Phillips? Runs me <laughs> Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf? Uh, Tyler Lockett. But DK Metcalf's not sniffing around five. Tyler Lockett or one of my favorites, Gary Jennings. One of your favorite what? Gary one, one of my favorites, Gary <laughs> Jennings. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's Tyler, Tyler Yeah, it's got to be Tyler Lockett right now. I still think long term it's Jennings. Tyler Lockett or Marquez Valdez Scantling? Marquez Valdez Scantling. At the price. All day. At the price. All day. Where does Lockett have to fall to take him? He has to fall to round eight. Wide receiver. Not round eight. I, for from me, round five to round eight. For me to take him. I would be willing to take a chance with, uh, like, my wide receiver five. Like, that's where I'd take him. I mean, low end four, wide receiver five. I don't – I think that the last season was an aberration. Well, I mean, there was no one there to contest. I mean, there was no one there to put up any kind of competition. Doug Baldwin was gone. David Moore was, was basically the next best receiver in Seattle. Why does nobody that's, talk about David Moore, by the way? Huh? Why has nobody said a word? They drafted DK Metcalf and Greg Jennings. They've got, you know, shiny new things uh, in the clubhouse. So stop, Moore, people need to stop sleeping on David Moore. Right. I'm not saying he's going to be great, but come on. But yeah, Tyler Lockett, staying away. All right. At least in the fifth round. Anymore. Time to hit another big name I'm going to stay away from. Odell Beckham Jr. You're crazy. Well, it actually has less to do with OBJ and more to do with Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield is he's just a good ball spreader. I I feel why are you laughing? That is no. Keep going. He's great at spreading the ball, excuse me, you know, just distributing to his receivers efficiently. You know, he's going to find who's open and Odell Beckham Jr. is no longer going to be force-fed everything. He's no longer getting the lion's share of every single target. He won't need to be. Okay. I'm just, my point is he's not going to be a 100-plus reception guy anymore. He's, his talent's not going away, but, you know, you factor in Landry and Joku, the running back's catching the ball for him. Like I, um, you also add in Callaway, who's going to be wide open down the middle of the field a lot. Like, I, I just feel like he's – for what you have to pay for him, you've got to understand Odell Beckham Jr. still being drafted as like a top five or six wide receiver. He's just not going to produce those kind of numbers in PPR this year. I, I can see if you want to say Odell Beckham will no longer be a 100 reception guy. <laughs> Let's say we scale that back to 85 receptions. Okay. All of a sudden, Odell Beckham, like he was in New York, is the best red zone threat on that team. So go ahead and take those 15 receptions from him, but go ahead and give him five more touchdowns. Do you think Odell Beckham Jr. is a wide receiver, like the number in contention for the number one wide receiver this Absolutely. year? Absolutely. The, the, the Browns, the offense they have built, that team's going to be on the field more than the Giants were in the past couple of years, which means Odo Beckham's going to But are they going to be behind like the Giants were for the past few years? Uh, are they going to be playing catch-up mode like the Giants were for the past few years? Hey, so that's, toward, that's, towards the end of the game, what, you're getting an extra five opportunities? Beckham's going to get those throughout the first three quarters. Man, I, I just feel like there's too much talent all the way around, and Baker's great at you know distributing. 
I, mean, I, mean, I think Baker's going to have a great year. This is really nothing. It comes down to him. It's just like I can't find too many receivers better than him. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. So, uh, to me, just where you, where you got to take him, just too high. Next, next on the docket, stay away from any situation that is even remotely similar to the San Francisco running back situation. I've seen Tevin Coleman drafted in the top eight rounds. I've yeah. seen Matt Morita drafted in the top eight rounds. <laughs> you pick up one, you got to pick up the other. Absolutely. You, you might have to pick up Raheem Mostert at the back ends of their drafts just because of that. One, you're wasting roster spots on a, on a cluster of running backs. You, that there is not going to be you have a to, guy. I mean, there's four guys. You've got to take Coleman. You've got to take Morita. Um, Breda. You've got to take the guy, McKinnon. I mean, yeah, you're going to get most of it for a song and a dance, but you've still got to take it. And you, you know darn well someone in your league's taking him just to be contrarian to you. Yeah. Like, you you just eat up too much roster space. I do agree with you on that, Nick, uh, Barker. Neil, you have any other ones you want to add? The only one, the only one I would even mention would be, would be Penny. He's still being very high on the ADP, and Carson's took that job clearing away right now. Carson still has a, I mean, he's still a thousand yard back that hasn't lost his job he yet. I agree with you. He's still last year, and he's still pulling well. They're going to get, he's, his PP, his, um, he's actually catching balls this year, too. They're trying to get him more involved in the passing game, which is going to boost the numbers even more. And Penny needs to come down on the ADP. Here's something new that just happened roughly about an hour ago. Jimmy Garoppolo, or I'm sorry, Jimmy Graham dislocated a finger. I, I, I thought I said Garoppolo. Jimmy Graham dislocated a finger, not as relevant as I thought. <laughs> yeah, 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 instead of the always injured guy, it's the you know guy who's not been very good since he left uh, New Orleans. Right. Alshon Jeffrey. I'm going to throw that one out there because our time is running low. I'll just be quick so you guys can throw out some more. But Alshon Jeffrey, again, Tyler Lockett status. You want a guy that catches 60 to 70 balls, 800 yards. He'll get a little more touchdown production possibly, but Alshon Jeffrey's a guy that I'm not wasting a bunch of draft capital on. Man, I actually think if Miles Sanders produces, that only helps Alshon. I think Alshon could have a fine year. But I mean, but, but let me ask you, where's he going? Like, at roughly what wide receiver? Do you have it in front of you? I don't have it in front of me. In the mock draft here at the Expo earlier, he did go uh, in the top seven rounds, I believe. I think he went seventh or eighth round. I, back in wide receiver three, and I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it's a little steep. But back in wide receiver three, I'm comfortable with him. Um, really don't want, want to have to pay like wide receiver two prices or high-end wide receiver three prices. Uh, last one I'm going to toss out here is going, just going to be Austin Hooper. Literally the exact same reasons for as Amari Cooper. Uh, so Austin Hooper just too inconsistent. His high points are spectacular, but he finished outside the top 20 more than he finished inside the top 10. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Austin Hooper is a name that everybody, for some reason, loves at the tight end position. Now, I understand that he finished overall, points-wise, as a top 10 guy. But like you said, he's either giving you a solid tight end game or he's giving you nothing. Yes, to exactly. Me, nothing is too risky to bank on. I would rather have a guy that's going to give me a consistent six or seven points a week than Austin Hooper's 10 or 1. Exactly, exactly. I mean, to go back and kind of put a, uh, an exclamation point on Amari Cooper, like week one in PPR, finished 84th. Didn't break in the top 20, or top 25, excuse me, to like I think week three. And then he follows that up with like a literal zero. You know, zero points. And a big goose egg. You know, it's like towards the end of the season, obviously. Henry, like. Yeah, except for, you know, because he's always injured. Well, don't get me on that. Hey, the guy's done nothing but be injured in the league train. I'll, I'll leave that to her another podcast. Anyhow, it looks like our time's about up. Okay, guys. So we're uh, we are going. We're now sitting at our table at the Midwest Expo, and we're going to go through some linebackers. So this episode it's going to be crazy sporadic. I apologize. Earlier, my audio was not the best because I had to back off the mic due to the mic that was hooked up to the speakers. But you guys don't care about any of that. Yeah, so, uh, at least I got to hear me good. Exactly. You got to hear arms really well, and, and he brought the fire at the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo. So let's do it. We're, we didn't want to leave without giving you some IDP goodness. 
So we're going to give you our top 10 linebackers, official before the start of the season, top 10 linebackers for IDP purposes uh, to to draft for your league this so, coming up. I'll start with this. Um, here, here's the thing. I, it's about to get really uh, maybe questionable or maybe the word's consistent. Um, but, yeah, you're going to see a trend amongst my linebackers. Um, and I'll just go ahead and tell you what the trend is. This trend is youth. Um, I don't think that the, some of these older guys are, are over the hill, but, man, some of these younger guys coming in are just special. Um, so, ultimately, I'm going to start off with what I believe to be quite possibly the uh, the second coming of Luke Keekley, and that is Leighton Vander Esch. I like it. Listen, I understand what Darius Leonard did last year, but teams are going to game plan to stop Darius Leonard this year. I just feel like it, you're asking too much for someone to repeat what was done out of Leonard. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch, the Wolf Hunter, didn't, if I'm not mistaken, did not start the year as a full-time starter. He was a um, just kind of working in and out. He ends up in that full-time uh, inside linebacker role. He's got a stud next to him. So that's a – I know a lot of times you make that, hey, well, that's kind of a, a downgrade to him, don't you think? No. That means they've got to account for him and Jalen Smith and the rest of that defense. So I think uh, Leighton Vander Esch just ends up with a monstrous year. And it, it, here's the thing. It's close. I'll bet the spread between the two of them is less than five points at the end of the year. Uh, I, I don't disagree with that whatsoever. Uh, I have Leighton Vander Esch pretty high on mine, too. Of course, you know, I have Darius Leonard one, which you do as well. No, I've got Leighton Vander Esch one. Oh, you do? Okay. Yep. I looked at your notes, and I thought I saw yeah, Leonard. I, I, I battled with myself on this bad. He really has all day. But, Neil, if you want to hop in, feel free. But uh, Darius Leonard, yes, I, I'm still – counting on him to be the best linebacker he just showed too much friggin talent nose for the ball i can't take him out of the number one spot but i can move l lve to the two spot because i'm with arms on him i think he is the next great linebacker him and leonard both and another rookie if i had to be honest but we'll get to that in a minute well sophomore now well another rookie from last season another yeah another second year guy you're right so lve 100 percent uh somebody that i love so these are the only kind of an interesting uh fact here these are the only two uh active linebackers as telvin smith has decided to take a break from the game that broke 100 solo tackles last year right uh darius leonard finishes with 161 total with uh, 112 of those being solo and uh leighton vanderesh finished with 143 tackles 105 of them being solo Absolutely. Hard to argue with that at all. So sound reasoning coming as well in the LVE camp. Who uh, who do you got as number three, Arms? Um, my number three, once again, it's another sophomore, I, Roquan Smith. I've, I preached a lot about it last year. Listen, I didn't think Darius Leonard was going to do what he did. I knew he was going to be good. But, my God, I, I still feel like Roquan Smith was a, a damn clone of what a great linebacker should be. Um, Roquan had 122 tackles. 89 of them, which were solo, chipped in five sacks, so adds a little bit in the sack game. And much like Leighton Vanderesh, did not start the season as a full-time starter. He was a rotational guy to begin with, and just uh, once he finally they saw what he was all about, they never let him come back off the field. Roquan Smith is going to be special. I can I can agree with that. Uh, Roquan, he's in there for me, but number three, I can't ignore Deion Jones. Deion Jones' injury is the only reason he didn't finish higher last season. He's a stud. Uh, He's definitely a top three guy in my opinion. So Deion Jones, you can dial him up as usual. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt. If he does, we'll have to start looking at him as an injury-prone guy. Unfortunately, that's what you do when guys get hurt a couple years in a row. But Deion Jones, he's a stone-cold lock. That, that he's going to finish as a 100-tackle guy. Stone cold luck. I still love Deion Jones. Are we talking 100 total or 100 solo? Uh, at least 100 total. I feel like he's like a stone cold lock for like 130 total. You could be right. I, <laughs> I'm going a little conservative. If he misses like no more than like maybe one to two games, I can see it easily. Oh, absolutely. Uh, moving on down my list, um, I've got C.J. Mosley. Listen, I was a little bit concerned about the move to the Jets, not because C.J. Mosley lost talent or anything like that, but Avery Williamson was a tackle monster last year. Well, he's out for the season at this point. Um, You know, he had 100 – 
106 total tackles in 2018, and he was injured uh, off and on throughout the season. I just feel like CJ is, is going to kind of come back to full form. He's still young, still a stud. Right there at that number four spot, I, I was torn between him and Deion Jones both there. They have similar reasons, you know, a little bit of injury concerns, but, man, I'm Mosley's an animal and, and deserves that, that ranking, in my opinion. Nice. I don't, I don't disagree with it on one level, but as far as having him as my four, I don't. Uh, Corey Littleton, to me, broke out. I don't see him going anywhere. I think he's going to still be just as good as he was last season, so I'm keeping Corey Littleton at number four in my life. I will tell you why you're wrong. Go ahead. There's no Namkan Sue. Uh, I'm not that worried about that. And Dominican Sue, while he's still a good player. They replaced him with somebody decent, though, didn't they? Yes. I, I can't remember right off top of, of the bat. But Dominican Sue, if anything, meant that less guys got to the second level for Corey Littleton to meet. I think <laughs> yeah, that's, that's gonna, definitely true. I think they're going to get to the yeah, second less level. Yeah, less blockers now. got to the second level for Corey Littleton to meet. They're, 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 they're going to get there now. Littleton's going to be just fine. Uh, I mean, I. I, I will tell you, I think Littleton's going to have an okay year. I just don't think he's going to be a top 10 year. Um, moving on down to my number five, Deion Jones. Just something to think about, even though it seems like he's been a fantasy stud forever. He is only 24 years old. Um, he is an absolute elite athlete. He's an, an athlete as good as a Darius Leonard is on this list. And I mean, you add in his football IQ, he's probably going to finish higher. But he is, you know, kind of coming coming back from an uh, injury, first full season since the injury. Who, who did you just have? Uh, Deion Jones. Okay. We're on, yeah, you're on five, I think. Yep. Tremaine Edmonds is the guy I got at number five. He did finish as the top ten linebacker already uh, last season. I just think he improves enough to get to the five spot. I have him over my next guy simply based on opportunity. I think the Buffalo defense is going to be on the field more than the next team on my list. Just wanted to explain that ahead of time. Tremaine Edmonds, great as a rookie. I don't see any changes. I think he ups his game just enough to sneak into the top five. Um, moving on down to the sixth spot for me. Um, a name that feels like it's been around forever, but he's like 25, 26 years old. That's Blake Martinez. Um, Such a common name. God, he just feels – it's like a boring name. You know what I mean? There has to be like a Mandela effect on that or something. That, I mean, because he's, he's went back and forth, and we all misremembered mis- like his age or something. He had to be like 31 at one point. No, no doubt, no doubt. So, like, if you look at the other names, you're like, like Darius Leonard. You know, that's got some, some girth behind it. A Leighton Vanderesh, the Wolf Hunter. You know, then you're like Blake Martinez. Yeah. He's Default. got a boring name, but the only thing boring about him is watching him finish as a top ten linebacker over and over and yeah. over again. Uh, over like, and over 140, again. 142 total tackles last I year. I expect him to continue this top seven or eight linebacker trend, and that's the reason why I keep him at six. He, yeah. He's a lot barring injury, obviously. Oh, absolutely. Who, who do you have at six, Mr. Baca? Roquan Smith. And I hated Boo, to even... Way too low. I hated to even put him this low. But Roquan Smith is the guy for me. I think he could be top five easily. But I like Tremaine Edmonds a little more just because I think the Bills will be on defense more than Chicago. I think Chicago's offense is going to be much improved with David Montgomery. Uh, another step up from Mitchell Trubisky. Anthony Miller. Maybe Allen Robinson figures it out this year. I don't know. But the Bills... To me, don't have as good an offense as the Bears. Some of it, Tremaine Edmonds, just to take him over Roquan. With the caveat, I would not be surprised at all if these are flip-flopped or Roquan finishes higher. The better linebacker is Roquan. The better situation is Tremaine Edmonds. I think the better athlete, though, is Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds is your linebacker. Roquan's going to be. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, Roquan's got it all. Um, so I'm, I'm moving on to the seventh spot, and that is Tremaine Edmonds for me. Um, kind of same, that super athleticism, ridiculously fast, you know, great agility. And, I mean, it's, it's not that he lacks football IQ. It's just, you know, it, what he does, what he, where he isn't Leighton Van Der Esch in football IQ, he overcomes that with elite athleticism. And uh, we've seen time and time again that Buffalo inside linebacker position finish top 10, top 10, top 10 with far less, you know, talent at linebacker with Preston Brown being there previously. Tremaine Edmonds lock, stone cold lock at top 10 this year. 
Uh, next on my list, uh, seven, C.J. Mosley, for every reason that Arm said earlier, but Avery Williamson goes down with a torn ACL. C.J. Mosley's going to be there on even more of the tackle opportunities, although I am a Blake Cashman fan. I hope he's next man up. I think he's. I think Cashman could be a surprise LB4, and uh, C.J. Mosley is still a lock for LB1, so I love Mosley. Again, another guy I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the top five, because why not? It's C.J. Mosley. The top 10 is pretty difficult. They're, they can be very interchangeable, but I do have, you know, a newcomer into, well, I did. Never mind. Forget I said that. My newcomer's gone. I made an update. C.J. Mosley, can't go wrong. Um, my eighth spot, man, I, it's like almost blasphemy to put this guy so low, but just injuries mounting up. He's, he's going the way of Paul Puslusny and Sean Lee at this point, and it's Luke Keekley. It just seems like something's always wrong with Luke Keekley. Like, he should be higher. But, man, it's like every every week he, he suits up and plays, but at 80% health. And, I mean, that's just that's frustrating and discouraging. I feel like the injuries are mounting on him. He plays an extremely violent form of football. And, guys, his, his time is going to be coming to an end a lot sooner than these other guys on my list. All right, number eight, I got Blake Martinez. I'm not going to go too deep into it because Arm said everything I wanted to say about the guy, but – he, you still can't go wrong with him. You can get him later than almost every name on this list just yeah, because right. of the name and the fact that he's a Packers linebacker. That doesn't that shouldn't have relevance, but for some reason you don't associate linebackers with the Packers as far as like the greats go. You think of guys like Clay Matthews, sack specialists, not middle linebackers. You don't think of him Blake Marte, Martinez is one of the better ones in the game, so he's a top ten until he proves to me that he's not. Um Speaking of top 10 till you prove he's not, Bobby Wagner, basically a top 10 guy till you prove he's not. His situation doesn't change that much year over year, and it never seems to. Wagner's a productive guy, always hovers around that you know high 80 to low 100 tackle range uh, as far as solo tackles. Give me Wagner to you know have another productive year, you know get his way into that top 10 again. And uh, age is starting to mount on Wagner. I will say that. But opportunity is not going away for him. Yeah, I know Neil's got something to add. Well, I understand. He, he, he's always performing well, and he was a top linebacker from, from week 10 on last, after his injury. So he has a, he, from what I see, he has a loss of step. Once again, that's where the age kind of starts coming into play with it. age and injury. And, and listen, I've got him at nine. Like, you can't hate me too bad for this. I said, but he came back from an injury and became the number one linebacker. That's why I think he's still there. That's just my opinion. I know he's a stud. He's a top ten linebacker. Every listen, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Outside of my top two, I see everyone else finishing third, fourth. Yeah, every single person I've named so far, without question. They're all great. I would like anybody who's top ten that you guys have talked about so By far. Way, I'd love to have them that high. Except for Blake Martinez, I, he will finish sixth again. I'm still gonna put some respect on uh, Bobby Wagner's name. I got him at ten. My number nine is Jalen Smith. I'm not going to go into depth on Wagner, but I just think he's, you know, I think things are starting to go a little wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if he missed another three or four games this year. That's why I got him a little lower. Uh, Jalen Smith, though, top ten. This is the first time I've had him in the top ten, so he's a new addition for me. He's going to he's gonna eat up everything that LVE doesn't, and Jalen Smith is a good linebacker in his own right. He is severely underdrafted, and he's a guy that you can grab and have a linebacker one upside, but a lock for linebacker two production easily in Jalen Smith. To me, he's if you grab Jalen Smith, you you just did yourself a service in IDP leagues. So I actually have Jalen Smith as my number ten. Uh, a lot of the reasons why you said, but he, here's he. Here's the thing you've got to think about with Jalen Smith. People are concerned, and the reason he's underdrafted is well, Leighton Vanderus is an absolute superstar. You're right. But this isn't the first time that two stud Look linebackers. At the situation. Yeah. This is not going to be the first time that two stud linebackers produce top 10 production year over year. Last year, so not 2018, 2017, I believe there were two Browns that finished in the top 10. If I'm not mistaken, both of them are in the top six. Like, this is not unheard of. Both of these guys are special in different ways. You, um, Jalen Smith is going to be yet another year removed from that very bad injury that he had. But he looked 100% 
at the end of the year last year. He did not – I mean, everything you thought he was supposed to be coming out of college, that's what he looked like he was. I, I have no qualms about having Jalen Smith in my top ten. Love it. Barker, you, know, you got anything to add or anything to subtract from us? <laughs> I mean, everybody on the list is great. I mean, you can't really get wrong with either one of them as your number one uh, linebacker. It just, it just hope the guys stay healthy. That's all you can hope for. I, I will add that me and Arms both got a couple guys that were on the cusp. We've said it before, don't be afraid of rookie linebackers. The Bush brothers, the Devons. The, the Devons. Or the, not the Bush brothers, yeah, the Bush but brothers. The, Devin, the Devin brothers, Bush and White. Uh, don't be afraid of them. Yeah, they, they're, they're right outside. They're, they're definitely right just outside. outside. Yeah, I, I would almost put them 11 and 12, if not for Luke Keekley, who would have been my 11. But top 15, the Devons, yeah, I, I, think you can, I think you can dial that up. They're really great picks late. I, I wouldn't be upset. Agree. Wouldn't be upset if I end up with Jalen Smith and the Devons as my linebacker. Dude, one I feel like you're winning at that point. Absolutely. You probably have, unless somebody went really heavy IDP really early, you might have the best linebacker core in your league at that point. Yep. Um, I'll, I'll move up to over to the oldest 26-year-old in the league, Preston Brown. Um, man, it just seems like a guy's been around forever, kind of a la Blake Martinez. Uh, in 2016, 2017, uh, Preston Brown had uh, over 140 total tackles each season. Uh, what, what he gets a lot in on is the assists. He usually has over 60 assists. He's injured the biggest part of 2018 in a new defense. I understand linebackers typically, you know, that's an instinct thing, and that's where they're, you know, always going to produce. But don't be afraid to have Preston Brown, you know, back near your top 10 and your, you know, back into the top 15. And, um, We'll just add one one more linebacking duo, and that is the the duo of uh, Joe Schubert, Christian Kirksey. Both battled injury a lot of a lot of last year. Uh, suffered uh, obviously immensely from you know lack of being able to be on the field. Guys, I, I'm not saying they're going to finish top ten, but they're not that far removed from doing so. I agree 100. percent Neil, you got anything to add before we sign out of the expo? We want to give you some IDP flavor. Sorry about the audio quality from on stage. Arms sounded great. Neil sounded great. Again, I had to back off the mic, so just ignore my really distant, echoey self. But thanks for joining us. We'll bring you in an episode next week that is in a treated studio. Yeah. <laughs> Should sound better. And uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next time there. Mark is out. Good night. Later. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to give us a review. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.